0: You're listening to the Intuitively Intermittent Podcast, whether this is your first time joining me or your hundredth. Thank you for being here and being a part of this important conversation. In June 2018, I was tired of being asked by the intuitive eating groups to take my conversations about intermittent fasting elsewhere, At the same time, the conversation in the intermittent fasting community wasn't addressing the emotional and spiritual needs of my IF lifestyle. Before I knew it, the Intuitively Intermittent Facebook group was up and running, and I started this podcast. I am super excited to bring you the personal stories of folks who are combining intuitive eating and intermittent fasting successfully, and really creating lives that bring them joy and meaning. Hello. Hello. Ah, awesome. <laughs> Hi guys, Andrea here, and I am here with Dr. Kelly, and I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Casargis. Uh, And she is the author of the Dream and Drive diet program, Life in the Fast Lane, Intermittent Fasting, Intuitive Eating. And um, she and I are going to chat about how that program and that book came to be and uh yeah so Dr. Kelly before before we started recording you started to tell me a little bit of your history. So um I guess why don't you why don't you start, you know, you've been an intuitive leader your whole life and then what happened?
1: Yes. Um so
0: since I was young I've always
1: been an intuitive eater and it always baffled me why anybody else would have that authority over our life to tell us what to eat, when to eat, or how to eat. So, you know, just growing up as a young child, um, I noticed at age six that every time I opened up a bread bag, it would make me really nauseous and sick. And my mom was a nurse, and she would be saying, you know, what's wrong with you? And to me, I always just felt that peace within me that I had a guidance system, and that my body didn't like it. And, you know, that was way before food intolerances. So um, by the time the 1990s came, I realized that I really wanted to start teaching this to people because all around me, I would watch people, you know, go through different diets and fail. And uh, starting in 1991, I started teaching aerobics and managing an all-women's fitness center. And I noticed that when the women came in, they were on particular diets so when I would sit down to write them their personal training program, I would ask them, "Do you really enjoy that diet?" And many of them said, "No, I don't even like that food or I don't even like eating at this time or I don't even understand, you know, why I'm doing this." So then I would really just teach them that they had a guidance system and that when they followed it, they would feel better in all aspects of their life. And I became very successful at at doing
0: that. Okay. And so then how did you go from teaching it in the, the training setting, the intuitive eating piece? Like, what was the next step in your career that ultimately led you you know, to where you are today? So at some point you went to medical school?
1: Yes, um, I went to chiropractic school. In the late 1990s, I um, so I taught aerobics for a long time and I managed an all women's fitness, center, like I said, and then I was just getting bored. I've always been, since I was a young girl, very fascinated with this sense of having a guidance system as well as the, the human body and how it functions. So I figured that reading Tufts medical journals and reading my mother's nursing manual that I would really find out in there where we could figure out where this guidance system was, because I knew that when I followed mine, and when I talked to other people about listening to their gut, they'd always feel better with food and with all these life choices. So I decided, okay, well, let's go ahead and go to the ultimate type of schooling, and let's become a doctor. So I, I was never really into traditional medicine. Okay. Growing up in that um, genre. So I figured, me and my sister, um, we went to chiropractic school together. So as I was going through chiropractic school, um, I couldn't get pregnant, and I learned this other type of technique um, that I practice, and it's functional medicine. Okay. So it would actually teach you um, how to uncover any mental and emotional causes of diseases, any imprints in your body. And what I found is it was all based on intuition. Okay. So at that time in the, in the late 1990s, I was deciding what path I wanted to take. I always knew that we had a guidance system. And I, I was finding at that point in time, when I was teaching intuitive eating, I couldn't separate intuitive eating from intuitive living. Okay. Because I determined that the key to health and healing is creating a life you love. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so As part of you, so you were at chiropractic school, you were studying the functional medicine and, um, and so then when you got out of your, your training, like, did you immediately start teaching people the intuitive eating stuff again? I know from, um. From some of what I've read, you did end up getting like formally trained in the intuitive eating, like a certified intuitive eating coach, because there's of course the the book that talks all about that. And so, at some point, you went through that formal training.
1: Yes, so I started teaching intuitive eating, and I wanted to have more structure because, okay. um, you know, t- trying to teach people to tap into their guidance system and listen to it is such a vast subject because it's so individual and it's a day to day thing, right? So I figured, okay, well, if I get certified in intuitive eating, boom, I'm done, right? So 2009, (laughs) I took the course and I got certified as a certified intuitive eating counselor. And that's when I learned all the 10 principles of intuitive eating. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. So then I would teach classes to my patients in my home and, um, teach them with either six weeks or 10 weeks, it just depends on like what I I just could read the people how long they needed. And we would go through these classes, teaching just like um, those 10 principles. But then in in a lot of that is journaling and getting to know yourself and doing the hunger scale and rejecting the diet mentality. But what I found is people wanted daily work. Oh, I was like, well, okay. Um, You know, I thought I had it. You know i'm a chiropractor on one end doing functional medicine and in there i just want to explain what i do i when somebody comes into my office i'll go through all their organs and all their systems in all their energy centers and figure out where they have imbalances so say somebody's liver is off it could be physical you know something could be damaged to the liver it could be chemical something they're eating or a toxin maybe some mold in their environment or it could be mental and emotional, an old imprint of anger, frustration, or resentment being stuck in there. So imagine I have one practice where I'm uncovering any imprints in somebody's body and then I'm teaching intuitive eating. And I was like, I have to marry these two worlds. I have to marry personal development, how to pe- get people into their driver's seat and create a life they love because they have this
0: dis-ease in their body. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. In fact, I, I mean, in the Facebook group, um, which is uh, the intuitively intermittent Facebook group? I had, I, I somehow, I it had come up that I was like I had a, a you know sort of a tenderness in my abdomen and and something that you had said you had asked me if it was um, like large intestine or small intestine and just based on the positioning I I figured it was small intestine stuff and you listed off these these you know potential things that could be contributing to it and one of them was. Um, I don't remember the specifics, but it was all about things being out of alignment. And that was like, honestly, the the tenderness in my small intestine area ended up getting better. Like once I created the Facebook group and like all of a sudden I had this outlet to do the, the sort of support networking, all this stuff around marrying the intermittent fasting and intuitive eating. And the, the issues that I was having basically went away. Like I haven't had any issues really since the group started. So um, I I was just like blown away by how something as simple as, I I mean, it's not simple, but like something that I was wrestling with could actually have been causing the issues that I was experiencing.
1: Yeah. um, In my practice, I specialize in autoimmune diseases, food intolerances, weight issues, And also um, the mental and emotional components that are stuck in our body, Um, because we're only as sick as our secrets. Or um, I find a lot of people along this journey, people wouldn't lose weight, not because what they were eating, but because what was eating them. Mm. And so, you know, don't you believe that many people try to lose weight because they want to make a change in their life? But the easiest thing to do is start with how they look. Yeah. And they're not brave enough to move beyond that. Or when they lose weight, they want to make a change in their life, but they're not brave enough, so they gain the weight back, right? Yeah. That's what I found teaching women for all these years. And I say women because I deal mostly with women. Okay. But um, what I realized was we can't separate intuitive eating from intuitive living. So I had to create a book that would incorporate both of them. So it's kind of like intuitive eating. And a personal development program. Okay. And I just want to say in the book, um, I I do have a chapter on the mental and emotional components of all the different body parts and what they mean. And then what right side of the body means and left side of the body means. So if they're in a place where they have pain, which is an indicator, it's a very good thing to have pain in your life because it's an indicator that something needs attention. So you had some indicator in the small intestines. You couldn't figure something out. Things weren't working for you. You knew that you wanted to make a change, but you, you didn't know how to put your finger on it. But once you did that, that dis-ease went away.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's in
1: the book. Inside the Dream and Drive Diet book, I have a whole chapter on that.
0: Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to exploring that a little bit more for sure, because um, I, mean, I think it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. And um, so I'm interested in, I guess, where... So where did the intermittent fasting piece come into this for you? Because the the really cool thing about your your book is that it's combining intuitive eating and intermittent fasting. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started on that journey? Like even, I know you mentioned 2009 for the intuitive eating certification. So where did the intermittent fasting piece come into this for you?
1: Okay, so um, being a natural intuitive eater, I never really wanted to eat breakfast. And luckily in my household there were no food rules. It was like a free for all. Eat when you want, stop when you, you know, feel like it, you know. Thank God for that. So, yeah. um, you know, by the time 2009 and I'm teaching intuitive eating, can you imagine that, you know, uh for about 9 or 10 years now I've been teaching this and people, some people wouldn't want to eat breakfast. And Hmm. I'd be like, okay, listen to your body. Right. And many people would find that when they really tap into their hunger, many weren't hungry till I would say 10 or 11. and that that seemed to be pretty much people's averages. So um, I loved going on that food journey with them and really helping them determine what was physical hunger, what was mental and emotional hunger. And for myself, I never really got hungry until later in the afternoon. Anyways, so I was reading an article about 2013-2014 from Dr. Mercola, and I was reading it, and it said, some people skip breakfast, and that's called intermittent fasting. And I was like, oh my God, this is a thing. Like, intuitive eating is a thing. Intermittent fasting is a thing. And the more I started to learn the power of intermittent fasting, decreased inflammation, decreased allergy symptoms, increased human growth hormone stubborn weight, um, just getting more in touch with your guidance system, I said, wow, you know, I have food intolerances. Um, being an intuitive eater, I knew how foods made me feel. Sure. Then teaching this in practice and functional medicine, I could test myself to see what foods bothered me and those coincided. So I thought maybe if I practice intermittent fasting, I can
0: overcome my food intolerances. And I did. That's awesome. So prior to learning about intermittent fasting, um, it sounds like you were already skipping breakfast. But can you tell me, like, it's in, from what you've said, it sounds like you were following some sort of an intermittent fasting protocol prior to actually really doing intermittent fasting. But what did it look like before you, like, had a word for what you were doing versus after you, you know, heard formally about intermittent fasting? Like, how, how did it start and then where did it end up?
1: Okay. So for me, um, listening to my guidance system, I was never hungry till about mm, maybe between 11 and one, depending on my activity for the day. Okay. So I I just never would eat. And what time were you,
0: what time were you doing the dinner the night before?
1: Um, it just depends on my schedule, maybe seven o'clock.
0: Okay. So I guess what, how my, my math this early in the morning is a little bit challenged. Um so that's what, like sixteen hours roughly? That'd probably be about right. Okay. Yeah, so I
1: and so I wouldn't be hungry till about then. And then it and be you know, I, I was very mindful of what is physical hunger, what's mental and emotional hunger. So I really only ate when I was physically hungry. So I would eat, you know, between 11 and 1, depending on the day, depending on my activity. And then I noticed that I wouldn't get hungry for hours later. And then when I did, I just would eat a small meal and I felt absolutely fantastic. So I really was doing too mad, you know, two meals okay. a day for yeah. a long time, not even knowing that it was a thing.
0: Yeah. And so then you you read about intermittent fasting, and you started to think that it might fix some of your food intolerances. What was that process like for you? Like, okay, so
1: well, I, I study a lot about gut health, okay, and I understand the human digestive system. And so when I was reading the information and in the research um, on intermittent fasting. You know, my guidance system told me, Kelly, you're on to something here. I always knew, okay, I always knew I had food intolerances. However, I also have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Okay. Now, the emotions that go with Hashimoto's thyroiditis is, what about me? When's it my turn? How do I fit in? So, you had made a post, Andrea, about how, um, back in your blog, about Mm -hmm. bright line eating or something. Yeah. And you said that it was very discouraging to bring your own food to potlucks and, you know, other places, right? Yeah. So my guidance system always told me that there was something I could do to overcome my food intolerances. I was messing up my thyroid when I couldn't have those foods because I felt left out. So while my physical body felt better, not eating wheat, corn, potatoes, or yeast, I couldn't get past the mental and emotional components of disease because I felt left out. Now, some people, when they come to me and they figure out what food intolerances they have, they have no issues. Fine. I just wanted to know that. And for the rest of their life, they avoid it all well and good. That wasn't my life purpose. Yeah. So I found intermittent fasting and realized that if I could clean up my gut, I could possibly clean up my food intolerances. And that's the journey I went on. So looking at all the science of intermittent fasting and, and some of the things I knew about it, when I started practicing it myself, my guidance system was leading me to shorter and shorter fasts so that I could overcome those intolerances. Does that make
0: sense? Shorter and shorter eating Eating windows. windows. Yeah. Sorry.
1: I apologize. You're right. No, that's okay. Yeah. Shorter and
0: shorter eating windows. So a longer fast. Okay. And then at what point did, like, how did you, like, did your guidance system just sort of help you realize that, like, your food intolerances were going away? Like, how did that? Yeah.
1: This is a great question. You know, because in the group, we always struggle with, well, how do I choose a window? And is that intuitive? Right. So for me, it was intuitive. The longer I went, the more I found that if I purposely, was a wanting a food and B ate it the shorter amount of eating window I had, I wouldn't have the symptoms. So this was a a long process for me. It took me about nine months of daily. Okay. I'm, I'm really wanting this food. So I'm craving it. It feels like this is what I want. And then I had a short eating window. So a longer fast. And I would say, all right, you know what? I think I'm going to try this. I would try it. And then I got to the point where every single one of my food intolerances give me no more symptoms. And, you know, some people might not think that's a big deal. But I had bloating. I had joint pain. I had inflammation. I had skin rashes. My lungs would close up and get congested where I had to take a bronchial dilator. I had um, mood swings every time I would eat corn syrup. My patients would come in and I'm like, hi, how are you today? And they're like, did you have corn syrup? I'm like, yes, get on the <laughs> table. You know, <laughs> you know I, my patients, I love my patients, but they just know, right? But, yeah. you know, so so for me, intermittent fasting was intuitive. Okay. And that's why I love helping people navigate that to figure out their perfect window. Because some people's perfect window is sixteen eight. They might not have food intolerances. They might not,
0: you know, they might just want to uh, feel better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I, when I, um, part of the history of starting the group, which I know you're familiar with, is that I was really, like, I was getting kicked out of intuitive eating groups, like support groups, because I was talking about intermittent fasting. And they're like, you can't possibly be listening to your hunger. You can't possibly be intuitive and not, you know, and going for some eating, uh, fasting window of like 16 hours. And the thing is, like, I actually came to the decision to try the fasting because I wasn't hungry when I was making my kiddo breakfast at six in the morning. There like, you go, like that. So for me, that was tuning into my hunger, and so I, I, I feel like people freak out <laughs> when you're like, it, I mean, it sounds fasting sounds so much harder than it actually is. But then there's just this cultural expectation. Like you say you're going to skip breakfast and we've been conditioned like breakfast is the most important meal. Like there's, yeah, I, I could go on. Yeah. And, and on. you
1: know, the thing is too, I, so I too was a part of some intuitive eating groups and uh, same with me. I just felt that the, um, the current was very anti-intimate and fasting. So I just excused myself from the group. However, mm-hmm. I could have used my horn. I, I teach a car analogy. I could have used my horn and said, Guys, I have been teaching intuitive eating for 27 years, and I've been teaching people to listen to when they're physically hungry. And I could honestly say that the perfect eating window for a lot of people were be between seven and eight hours, intuitively. Yeah. Not even like you know, this is intermittent fasting. What we found is, well, because remember, when I'm working with people, I'm not talking about just eating. I'm talking about fueling all their tanks. That's how the emerge diet, the um, Dream Drive diet program came to pass. Because diet in my program means, do I enjoy this? So not only do I enjoy this food, would my body enjoy eating right now? Would my body enjoy how I will feel after I eat this food? But do I enjoy this aspect of my life? Do I enjoy this career? So when I was really getting down to the nitty gritty of all this stuff with my patients That seven to eight hour window was perfect because they were fueling their tanks in other areas of their life. Sure. You know, so they didn't need to eat over their problems. They didn't need to sleep over their problems. They didn't need to live over their problems. They were dealing with it. So I'll tell you what, you know, teaching the dream and drive diet program. Some people love it. And some people are challenged by it because they don't want to create a life they love. They're afraid they have backseat drivers in their life. They're afraid to use their horn. They have junk in their trunk. So that's why I teach this program um, using a car analogy concept because everybody knows how to use a car. I teach them how to put their goals in the windshield, keep their past in the rearview mirror, use their horn to communicate, balance their wheel of life, right? So I think That's... that's why I couldn't find another program that did intuitive eating and personal development.
0: Yeah, and, and so the the thing with the book, um, from like I'm I've been waiting to read the bulk of the book when we start the the book study group, um, and the private Facebook group. Um, but like I, I like that in I think chapter one you help people sort of figure out what what food plan, if you will, um or what eating window is really suited for them. And if I recall correctly, like you actually have options that are just purely intuitive, yes. not, not intermittent fasting at all. Right. And so what would it look like if somebody were interested in learning more about your book, but didn't want to do the fasting part? What Well,
1: would... I have, a, I have four options, um, you know, four roads, if you will, um, to take when you're, when you're doing the dream and dry diet. And one of the options is called easy street. And I say, it's not really easy, but it's um, all about intuitive eating. So, it, and, and it's asking you to pay attention to your hunger. It teaches about having all four fuel tanks and um, how to fuel each tank, you know, um, how to recognize when each tank needs to be filled, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I think I also that what is built into my program is even though you're doing an intermittent fasting schedule. On most of them, there's always one day that's a free day, and why I do that is so that you can hone your intuitive eating skills, doing an intimate and fasting lifestyle to see if you want to switch up your window
0: yeah i'll I'll be honest like when i when I read that in your your program about like having a day that's a free day it it scares me oh yeah, it does it certainly and, does. <laughs> And I'm not sure like I (laughs) that that's going to be an area that I need to look at because it's it's so much easier to have the rules.
1: It is. But guess what happens? So I teach a lot about food intolerances. And I right now, like to this day, I still coach people over the phone. So I had two women who are married down in Provincetown. They're they're friends of mine that are going through this. And they're so cute because they're total opposites. So I was on the phone with them the other day, and they were talking about their free day. And what they're noticing is they allow different foods on that free day that they wouldn't allow on their intermittent fasting schedule. And now they're really honing into how food's making them feel. Hmm. Does that make sense? Because on that free day, it's a mindset change. Like you said, you're already getting nervous about it. But on that free day, they're like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not even hungry until blah, blah, blah time, one o'clock. But maybe they open their window at four and they're like, okay, so I'm not hungry till one. I'm not going to eat till one. I'm going to, it's a free day. I'm going to have this particular food. They're like, I don't even like this food anymore. But it's almost like that free day is our learning day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think that I really struggle with knowing what physical hunger feels like. And so this idea of a free day where I could really eat whenever I want, like normally I've been sort of um, with some of the guidance in the Facebook group, I've been sort of loosely following uh, like a 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. window. And I do that so that I bypass my emotional eating tendencies at lunchtime at work. And then I close my window after my son is in bed um, so that I can have dinner with my family. So that's been my window. But – I, I miss breakfast in the mornings, right? Like I miss my dippy eggs with toast. And, um, like, I don't know though, if I were to tune into my physical hunger, like right now I could totally go downstairs and make myself eggs and toast.
1: But would you enjoy it? And would your body
0: enjoy it? And see, I think that's where it's tricky because like, I, I think I would enjoy it because I've been missing that sort of, you know, that, that meal, um, but I don't know if it's physical hunger or if it's—I don't know. Like, how do how do you teach people to tune into that nuance of hunger? Like that's so. That's... For
1: me, I teach people that hunger is a, a feeling in your body, but it, it in and in your mind. So, in other words, um, I think that true hunger can be felt when you're doing other things. Okay, so like if I'm in my office and I'm working with patients and i come upstairs and i'm having a reprieve at one o'clock i might feel mental hunger like oh something would feel good right now but while i'm downstairs at my two o'clock patient having not ate, i i'm not getting a hunger signal signal a hunger signal will come when you're reading a magazine and your mind goes back to food while you're working with somebody or you're doing your job and your mind goes back to food it keeps going back to food. So your mind keeps going back to food. Your mind keeps coming back to food because hunger comes from the hypothalamus in your brain. So it's actually a, a, a signal from your brain. And most people feel like hunger is in your body. I mean, it, it, we can feel in our body. Some people will get shakes. They'll get lightheaded. They'll, um, they'll have symptoms in your body. But really hunger happens when you are doing other things and it, your attention is brought to food. Does that hmm. make
0: sense? It does. And I it almost sounds like what you're describing is more the like when my thoughts are turning over and over and over to food. That's it. That's probably more indicative of me being actually hungry than just the, the, the grumbles in the stomach. Right.
1: Absolutely. Cause grumbles in the stomach. As a physician, when I have somebody come in and we check their small intestines and large intestines, we're listening with our stethoscope to clicks and gurgles to know that their intestines are working properly. It doesn't mean they're hungry; they're always clicking and gurgling. Sometimes you can feel them, sometimes you can't.
0: Yeah. So this this is awesome, and I'm I, I'm just I'm really really looking forward to exploring um, exploring this your process and um, learning from you in this book study. So I want to just shift gears. And I know that you and I haven't really worked out all the specifics, but I kind of want to just sort of brainstorm on the fly. Um, So the, and I want to give anyone who's listening just a, a smidge of background information. So I created this Facebook group, the Intuitively Intermittent Facebook group, Um, where we're really providing support to people on their intuitive eating and fasting journeys. Although honestly, like somebody doesn't need to be doing IF to be, you know, get something out of our group, which is awesome. Um, And then I had come across you in another Facebook group and I reached out to you and asked you if you were interested in joining my group and you you just were so enthusiastic. (laughs) Um, And so I invited you into the group and then I found out, hey, you've got this book. And I'm like, you know, what if, what if I set up a Facebook group where we could actually dig into your book and read through it as a group, not like reading as a group, but like (laughs) studying it and like discussing it and really sort of processing it in a group setting. But with, we're all from so many different areas. Like you live in the Cape Cod area. I'm in Philadelphia. Like meeting in person would just not be feasible Um, so I'm like, let's, let's do a virtual book study. And you were just really excited about that. And so, I mean, the content in this group, um, that, so we're starting the group's book study on, uh, Sunday, July 8th, and this is 2018. Um, and the intention right now, based on our conversations is that we're going to have six weeks where the, the discussion will be live and active in that group. And it's just a discussion. I'm thinking it's just a discussion based group, um, like, we can, we can discuss if you think you want to do like some Facebook lives or something within that group, but I'm um, people participating, aren't going to need to be showing up at a specific time. Like, no. It's really, it's really going to be about the discussion, um, which I I'm really looking forward to. Um, and my role in this is I'm just sort of making the space available. Like I'm creating the Facebook group. I'm going to put some questions, Um, I'm going to like read through the chapters and come up with some targeted questions that I think will help sort of guide the conversation. But um, like, you're the expert of the content. And I'm just sort of using this as a way to, to like a kick in the butt to help me learn and process. And also in doing so a way to help others potentially dig into this as well. Um, So like this, this wouldn't be possible if we weren't doing it together. Um, Absolutely. Yes. And, and I'm just, I'm really excited about it. And um, so, you know, we're keeping it small this time. So it's going to be a nice, um, intimate group. Uh, we're going to have about 20 people in there. And then, um, you know, this, this time around, it's, it's totally free. And if it, if it really works, like, I, I imagine that it, it would be something that people would be willing to pay something for in the future, um, you know, because your, your time is really valuable. And like you mentioned to me that when you do this sort of coaching with people, um, you do group setting coaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and- I have a private practice and then I do classes in my home
1: and then I actually do, a, you know, group, group coaching over the phone and individual coaching over the phone. Okay. You know, it's great now with iPhones because you can do a group call and then, mm-hmm. you know, people will mute themselves when they're not asking the question and then sure. go back and forth. And, you know, I don't know what this is going to turn into, but this is uh, my passion. I love this. It's what I do. It's why I'm here. And, um, yeah. So if it turns into needing to get on the phone at some point in time, or like you said, a Facebook live or something, then let's, uh, we'll explore that.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm just really excited. Um, and I'm, I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, you know, today is the 4th of July for anyone who's listening. And so, you know, taking the time out of your, your holiday here to um, chat with me. And I'm, you know, talking to you about how this program and this book came to be. Um, I'm just, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a, a great learning opportunity. Um, and... Yeah, I really, I appreciate your, your work and your enthusiasm to teach this to people. And uh, I'm really looking forward to digging into it. Um, so I know I've been talking for a little while. Is there anything like to sort of wrap up our conversation? Is there anything you wanna, you wanna say to, to wrap things up?
1: Oh, I, I thank you for the opportunity. I absolutely love doing this. I would say that, um, you know, when we start going through the book, I want you to connect your head and your heart. Um, the key to health and healing is creating a life you love. And this is the perfect time to get yourself in the driver's seat and help you to move forward. And it does start with intuitive living. So, um, it is part of intuitive eating, of course. Um, but let's start dealing with things that are eating you rather than trying to control everything you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm making myself available. I, uh, I do have a private practice, like I said, so I'm not going to be in the group like at, you know, every moment that somebody asks a question, um, but more in the mornings and in the evenings. And, yeah. um, I'm excited because I love watching people become their authentic self and live full
0: out. Yeah, that's, it's awesome. <laughs> Um, so, well, thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of your day. And, um, I look forward to connecting with you soon. Excellent. Uh,
1: me too. And uh, happy fourth, everybody. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Intuitively Intermittent podcast. If you would like to join in a community of like-minded fasters, uh, come on over to the Intuitively Intermittent Facebook group and join the conversation there. I look forward to seeing you just answer a few questions and I'll let you in the group and you can be a part of the amazing community that I'm building Uh, and I look forward to seeing you soon.